to the house of the Lord. Now, by the time we get to the book of Haggai, something has changed in the attitudes of those who lived in the city of Jerusalem. The temple was in disrepair. The floors were filthy. The fixtures needed fixing. The furniture was flimsy. And in the meantime, the members of the temple of new life, I mean, the members of the temple in Jerusalem were doing very well. And Haggai describes their advancement when he says they are, they are, they, they are living in paneled houses. They are living in great uh, facilities. And then he says there's a stark contrast between the houses that the people are living in and the condition of the personal residences and the place where God dwells. In other words, just for your worksheets, what God is saying through the prophet, that your houses are magnificent and my house is a mess. Look at what the prophet says. It says, is it time for you yourselves in verse 4 to be living in paneled houses while my house remains in ruins? In other words, this is what has happened. God has blessed them so much personally that they are able to upgrade every area of their personal houses. They've replaced the carpet with new hardwood floors. They have replaced the original white cabinets that, that they moved in with. And now they have dark wood. They have cherry and mahogany and walnut and rosewood cabinets. Um, they, uh, and, and when you um, compare their houses... Uh, and I might even say sometimes our houses um, to uh, God's house, sometimes um, our houses will make God's house look like a dump. As a matter of fact, the way we treat our houses is sometimes in such a stark difference in terms of how we treat God's house. Some of us are old enough, this is a, a kind of an old reference, but some of us are old enough to remember the Oscar-winning uh, uh, movie called Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. And Gone with the Wind is a movie that is four hours long. Four hours. It's a long movie. But, but the thing about that movie, probably if, if anybody remembers anything about the, that movie, they remember the end of the movie. Scarlett O'Hare, Rhett Butler standing there at the front door, and Scarlett asks Rhett a question, and Rhett puts his hat on his head, and he looks at her, and he says, frankly, my dear, I don't give a D. I, 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 I can't say it like y'all would say it, but y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a D. Now, that was the first time that profanity had ever been used in a cinema, in the, in the movie. And so um, here, this is where Israel was in relationship and how they viewed God's house. They didn't give a D anymore. In other words, have you ever been there where you didn't give a D anymore? In other words, have you ever been so sick and tired of someone, uh, someone you used to love, you used to love the sound of their voice, you used to love the smell of their hair, you used to love the feel and the touch of their hand, you used to get excited about the mention of their name, but right now you don't give a D anymore. Is somebody feeling me up here? In other words, whenever we have a 
and I don't give a D attitude, we usually are blaming somebody else for the reason that we are feeling the way that we... In other words, we are failing to put any responsibility on ourselves for how we're feeling. And when we ever get to the point to where we don't give a D, it's always somebody else that's the cause of the way that we're feeling. Somebody following me today. Now, as long as we can blame somebody else, we do not have to take responsibility for what we are doing or what's going on in our lives. We can always put the blame on somebody else uh, when we start caring, especially when we start caring about our relationship with God things begin to take a dramatic shift in our lives. When we are saddled, listen, what what causes us to to have even this kind of uh, mindset and attitude about God? I'm going to tell you some things that happen sometimes. Sometimes we're saddled with what we call church hurt. Yeah, with church hurt. When um, uh, we, we, we had an experience and we were hurt. Our feelings were hurt. And we no longer want to be a part of the church. And we no longer want to be involved with what's going on in the church because we blame one situation for how we're feeling. Sometimes we're not just mad at people, but sometimes we're also mad at God himself. Some of us are so mad at God. We don't say it out loud, but we say things in our mind like God had the audacity to allow my mother to die. If God had the unmitigated gall to let my house go into foreclosure, God uh, had the, 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 the hookspur to watch my health decline, and he didn't step in, and he didn't do anything thing to stop my pain and to stop my suffering. And so what I've decided to do, since God has not done what I wanted God to do, I'm going to take matters. This is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to look out for myself and I'm going to get mine. And that's what we end up saying sometimes. We say the heck with God and let me handle my own business. And that is what Israel did. But, uh, but you know what? When they started handling their own business, that was not working either. The strange thing started happening. A strange thing started happening when they started handling their own business. What started happening is that things started getting better on the one hand and things started getting worse at the same time. Have you ever been there in your life where on the one hand things are getting better? But then on the other hand, things are getting worse. I can take things getting better and things getting better and things getting better. And I can take things getting worse and things getting worse and things getting worse. But when you have things getting better on the one hand and things getting worse at the same time, it just messes with your mind. Because when things are getting better, things are supposed to get better. And what was happening in their lives is that concurrent with the things getting better, things were also getting worse at the same time. Yeah, the more money that they made, the deeper they, I wish somebody was feeling me. The, the more money, listen, the more money they made, 
the deeper in debt they got, the better community that they lived in, the worse their family life was, the more they invested in their businesses, the little, the far little, and the decreasing profits they experienced. Yeah, they were working out and eating better, but they weren't losing any weight. Uh, I wish somebody would say amen. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing all that I know to do. I'm, I mean, I'm doing, I'm following the manual. I'm listening to the experts. I'm disciplining myself. I'm putting forth the effort and I don't have any results to show for it. My daughter wrote a quote. I often tell her she wrote the quote on our refrigerator I guess that was her way of telling me I don't have to say it anymore. But she wrote a quote on our refrigerator. I often tell her that there's a direct relationship between effort and results. But sometimes in life, we are putting forth the effort and the results that we're getting are not consistent with the effort that we're putting forth. Yeah, so what they did, what we do, we blame the financial advisor. But it's not the financial advisor. We blame our business partner, but it's not our business partner. We blame our pastors and our church leaders, but it's not our pastors and our church leaders. And the prophet said, stop blaming others because you have been robbing yourself of the blessings that God has given you. Look in verse 5. He says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You need to think about this. You plant it much, but you harvest it little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you're never full. You put clothes on, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You need to think about this. And what he, and what he says, he says, if you meditate on it, you will figure it out. If you think about this long enough, you'll come up with the solution. But the question is, do you really want to know what the problem is. Yes. You see, the, here, here's what the problem is. The problem is that even though you're doing all of these right things, your priorities are in the wrong place. The problem is uh, when two things are happening at the same time, the good stuff and the bad stuff are going along c concurrently, the bad stuff is causing you to say this, I'm going to look out for myself. And I'm going to get mine. Forget about God. Forget about the temple. Forget about spiritual growth. Forget about my sacrifices. Forget about my tithe. I'm going to look out for myself. And I'm going to get mine. But the problem is, is that that does not work. Yes, uh, rejecting God is never the answer to the, our pain and our disappointment. Can somebody say amen? I, 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 mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I'm trying to tell you that when, when things are going difficult in your life, there's always something going good in your life. And you have to ask the question, well, what is the source of these blessings that I'm receiving? I'm having a tough time over here, but what is the source of these things that keep flowing in my life? Why is my life still blessed when I'm in such a mess? Because the Bible teaches us that every good and every perfect gift comes from God. Yes, 
So this can be summarized in this. God, listen, this is what God is trying to tell his people. God makes things happen when we make him the priority. God makes things happen in our lives. Listen to me. When we make him the priority. And for many of us, you, 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 you're angry with God. Or you're, you're angry with somebody who is associated with God or who, who represents God. And, and, and you stop serving. Some of us are here perhaps for the first time in a long time. We've stopped attending. We don't, we don't attend church anymore. We don't value it anymore. We stop giving. Now, one of the ways that people really protest their anger with God or someone at church is that they'll speak with their checkbook. Oh, y'all got quiet on me there. Oh, they may show up, they may show up, they may park on the parking lot, they may still be serving in the ministry, but they'll shut down their money. Yes, yes, they will. And, and, and what we will do, we will watch, we will sit in the seats, and we'll come from our paneled and comfortable homes, and we'll sit in the seats with anger and malice and bitterness in our hearts, and we'll watch God's house struggle. We'll sit there and observe it, and we'll, we'll, we'll take note of it, and, and, we'll, and we will even contribute to it by not contributing in anything. Yeah, and while our lives are getting better, God's house is getting worse. We stop inviting people to our church we stop talking about God. We don't tell anybody. You, you know, we're so angry with God or somebody associated with God, we don't even tell anybody about the goodness of the Lord. We see somebody in trouble and we won't even invite them to church where they might hear an encouraging word, might hear something that, they, that will strengthen them. Well, sometimes, as I said, things are better on the one hand and worse on the other. And what Haggai is saying to us, could it be that we have our priorities out of order? Wouldn't be the first time that it happened. You wouldn't be the first person that's ever given up on God. You wouldn't be the first person that said, I'm going to look out for myself and I'm going to get mine. You know, after Jesus was crucified, his disciples all left him. And after he was buried, the disciples were gathered together, all of them except for Judas. Peter, who was the leader, said to all the disciples, well, enough of this gospel stuff, enough of this going around preaching and teaching to people who are sick, enough of this giving ourselves sacrificially. Tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to go back to what I know best. I'm going to go back to doing what I, what I was doing before I got into this church stuff. I know what works. I, I, know, I know how to make it in life. I know, I, know, I know how to survive. I know how to hustle. So I've spent these three years, and what do I have to show for it? And so he, what Peter said to the rest of them, he said, I'm going fishing. He said, if there's anything I know how to do, I, I, know, how to, I know how to make ends meet. I'm going to do what I know how to do. I'm going back to what I used to do. I'm going fishing. And you got to be careful what you say around people. Because sometimes your misstep and your misguidedness when spoken 
will influence somebody else to follow you into your uh, misguided. Are y'all following me? And so when Peter said, I'm going fishing, and some other disciples said, well, we're going fishing too. They all forgot about three years with Jesus. They all forgot about the assignment that Jesus had given to them. They all forgot about how Jesus had invested in them and trusted his ministry and the kingdom of God to them. And so they went fishing. And they went fishing and they went fishing and they fished all night. And so as the sun rose, they had no fish. And so here's the resurrected, resurrected Jesus appears on the shore and Jesus calls out to him, hey, fellas, have you caught any fish? And so Peter said, we've been fishing all night, but we have not caught any fish. But Jesus said, well, why don't you just throw your net to the other side? Now, look at this, my brothers and sisters. That's kind of interesting. You're out there in the sea. You're out there fishing. You're standing here in the boat. And you've been fishing on this side all night long and have not caught anything that it would look like if fish are swimming, fish wouldn't just swim here and not swim there. But somehow Jesus said, throw your net to the other side. Well, when they threw the net to the other side, after having been trained fishermen, experienced fishermen, and had fished all night, had taken matters into their own hands and said, I'm going to look out for myself, and I'm going to get mine. And they came up with nothing. When Jesus said, throw your nets to the other side, the Bible says that they caught so many fish that the nets were about to break. All I'm trying to say is this, is that when things go bad in your life, when things turn south, when things don't work out like you want, the last person you want to give up on is God. You may want to give up on Pookie. You may want to give up on Ray Ray. You may want to give up on your Aunt June. You may have to tell somebody, see you later. But the last person that you want to give up on is God. The last priority that you want to minimize is your priority on God. There has to be somebody who says, well, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I don't understand why things are happening like they're happening. I don't understand why I can't get a good job. I got a good resume. I got good experience. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why I can't get well. I've done everything the doctor has told me to do. I don't know why my children are acting the fool. I'm training them. I'm staying home. I'm not in the street. But one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. And guess what? I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. My own understanding is telling me that praying over my children does not work. My own understanding is telling me that tithing does not work. My own understanding is telling me that sacrificing and going down to the homeless shelter and, and, and ministering to the homeless does does not work, but I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I believe there's somebody whose ways are higher than my ways and their thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. And then the, the writer of Proverbs said this, in all thy ways, can I get somebody to say amen? In all of thy ways, acknowledge him. What does that mean? You walk out of the house 
and somebody says, that's a mighty pretty dress you have on, sister. You say, well, I thank you, but I give God the praise. Uh, you go to the job and somebody says, I want to give you your evaluation. They say, I, I want to tell you, you've done an exemplary job. You say, I thank you, but I give God all of the praise. The doctor says, you know what? You lost about 10 pounds. Your cholesterol is down. Your blood pressure is down. I say, thank you, doc. You're a mighty fine doctor. But I have another doctor, and I give him all of the praise in all my ways. I acknowledge him. And then it says this. He will direct your path. Why do I need somebody to direct my path? It's because when things are going good on the one hand and they're messing up on the other hand, sometimes I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. But the Bible says that God will lead me and that God will guide me. And that's why Jesus taught his disciples, seek first. That's prioritization. Seek first. The kingdom of God. And listen, I know you want to be famous. I know you want to be uh, financially set. I know you want to have a whole lot of stuff. But it says seek first. That's prioritization. The kingdom of God. I know you want to have, listen, I know you want all A's and an occasional B. Are you with me? I, I know you do. I know you do. But he says seek first. The kingdom of God, that's priority, what's most important, what is first. And then he says, everything else will be added to you. Do I have a witness? Amen. God is saying, put me first in every area of your life. Don't adapt or adopt the attitude, I'm going to look out for myself. Forget about God. Forget about the things of God. Forget about the work of God, the kingdom of God, the house of God. I'm going to put God first in my life, first, unequivocally. And he's promised me that everything else that I need will be given to me. Stand to your feet.